Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Footballers at the highest level earn the sort of wages that make a certain degree of scrutiny understandable. But exactly what rights do men and women who can only read the game if printed in black and white have to be handing out pointers? Of course, this line of thought drifts dangerously close to you never play the game, show us your medals territory. But there is a certain weight to it. Luckily for footballers, the words of journalists are permanent. Over time, maligned players usually have the chance to make them eat shredded newspaper. Such that proving the doubters wrong ranks up amongst the key motivators in the sport. Just alongside scoring against a former club and pulling off that celebration you rehearsed for hours the night before. I'm Gareth from What Culture Football, and here are eight footballers who proved everybody wrong. Number eight, Ian Robin. Dutch winger Ian Robin was very much Chelsea's Cinderella, a gracious albeit temporal beauty of the ball, whose flat-footed crystal slippers would shatter at the slightest contact. Although his time at Stamford Bridge was trophy-laden, almost constant injury strife meant Robin gradually became an expensive liability, being substituted as a substitute in the 2007 FA Cup final signaled the end. Months later, Jose Mourinho offloaded his unreliable attacker to Real Madrid. Robin found consistency easier to come by in the Bernabeu, but his lack of eye-catching figures and a want for marketable star appeal at a club as obsessed with image as honours did him no favours. When Florentino Perez rolled back into town as Real's president in 2010, he once more opened the black hole of his checkbook to a galaxy of stars. Again, Robin was cast aside, this time to Bayern Munich. Something about Bavarian life appealed to a player with absolutely none of the trappings of superstardom. The Teutonic way suited him to a T, and he immediately hit the ground running. Robin blossomed in the Bundesliga as Bayern became his forever home, a place where he'd rack up 144 goals and 20 trophies. Number 7. Andrea Pirlo Over a near-quarter-century career, Andrea Pirlo matured as a player like the fine red wine he almost certainly spends his evenings quaffing. Though always highly regarded in Italy, first as the Prince of Brescia and later Kaká's minder in a dazzling Milan side, when Pirlo's apparent twilight beckoned, few predicted it was in fact the beginning of a new dawn. That included Rosanieri president Adriano Galliani, who let the midfielder leave the San City 
Hero for nothing at the expiration of his contract. Letting Pirlo go was my biggest mistake, the veteran chairman later admitted. After leaving the club in 2011, Pirlo alighted in Turin, where he crystallized into a sophisticated, elegant caressa of the football, conducting the overture to new club Juventus's subsequent decade of success. The actual end came in 2017. This time, the football world lamented Pirlo hanging his staff up six years after he was supposedly finished. Number 6. Jurgen Klinsmann When alleged serial diver Jurgen Klinsmann arrived for Spurs in the summer of 1994, England's Italian 90 heartbreak at the hands of West Germany was still a little bit raw. The nation's antagonist would have to radically refine his routine if he was to win over his judges in the press. With a weary smile, the transplant from Monaco asked the assembled naysayers at his first White Hart Lane press conference whether North London was home to any prestigious diving schools. After all, he'd have to get his practice in if he was to succeed in the Premier League. Klinsman was well aware of his ill-begotten reputation, but his ploy to lampshade it didn't sway the opinion of the media. With even the country's most open-minded sports paper, The Guardian, running a piece headlined Why I Hate Jurgen Klinsmann before the 94-95 campaign kicked off. For better or worse, all sins, perceived or otherwise, can be absolved on the pitch in English football, and it took Klinsmann just one game to turn the tide in his favour. A thrilling 4-3 win away to Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day was capped off by a debut goal and a famously cheeky diving celebration. Aptly, it was the platform from which the Spurs striker springboarded into newfound popularity. Number 5. The Class of 92 After dominating the first two seasons of the freshly minted Premier League, Manchester United's crown slipped in 1995, as a Blackburn Rovers side spearheaded by Alan Shearer and the millions of owner Jack Walker dislodged them from the Sky Sports-sponsored throne. Though a summer of soul-searching and navel-gazing ensued, it surprisingly did not see any high-profile arrival at Old Trafford. Meanwhile, the talismanic figures of the two title victories, Paul Ince, Mark Hughes, and Andrei Kanchelskis, had all departed. Things didn't look promising, to say the least. Sure enough, an unrecognizable Red Devil side laden with inexperienced youngsters and shorn by injury of star players in Ryan Giggs, Andy Cole, and Eric Cantona succumbed to a humiliating opening day 3-1 defeat to Aston Villa. The hideous new grey away kit reflected the mood around the red half of Manchester. Summarizing the game, match of the day's Alan Hansen confidently opined, you can't win anything with kids. It was a comment that had come back to haunt him. The fledgling United side, admittedly bolstered by its returning generals, would not lose again till November, ultimately pipping Newcastle to the title and recording a memorable league and FA Cup double. Number 4. Diego Forlan Uruguayan hitman Diego Forlan was flying into Teesside to sign on the dotted line with Middlesbrough, when his plane was diverted, not literally, westwards. At the last minute, Manchester United had gazumped the Northeast club for the services of one of the most promising strikers in football. United fans were soon wishing his plane had been turned around a second time. Zero goals came in his first 18 games for the club, and it wasn't until 10 months into his Old Trafford career that a man who probably should have been called Diego Forlorn netted for the first time. A second goal followed in the next game, which Forlan memorably celebrated by removing and failing to put back on his shirt, briefly playing in skins. His inability to dress himself rather summed up his time in Manchester, to be honest. Though his efforts and affability ultimately won over the crowd, it was apparent Forlan was a Premier League failure. With a heavy heart and just 17 goals to his credit, he left the club for Villarreal in 2005. In complete defiance of all reasonable evidence, it was with the Yellow Submarines that Forlan floated to the 
top of the game. An incredible 25 goals in his first season netted him not just hitherto unfound accolades, but the coveted European Golden Shoe Award. The goals just kept on flowing, and he'd again win the trophy once more in 2009 with Atletico Madrid, before leading Uruguay to their best World Cup showing since 1970, coming home as the tournament's top scorer. Number 3. Raheem Sterling When England drastically, though undeniably hilariously, crashed out of Euro 2016 to the football giants of Iceland, the media needed a scapegoat. The unfashionable Wotik Woy Hodgson was one, and he subsequently fell on his sword. Raheem Sterling, already unjustly vilified by the press for his apparently money-grubbing move to Manchester City, was the other. To be fair, Sterling was less than silver in France, his lack of end product mirroring the struggles he'd endured in his first season at City, all whilst carrying the burden of being the most expensive English footballer of all time. The press had ammunition in the form of his form, but the extent to which the excesses, or economy depending on their mood, of Sterling's personal life were scrutinised and demonised carried undeniable and uncomfortable undercurrents. Though the idiom goes that footballers do their talking on the pitch, the young winger wasn't satisfied addressing an insidiously racist campaign against his character with stats alone. Under Pep Guardiola, Sterling's value has accrued exponentially. He's now one of the most prolific and dangerous players in the game. But it's off the field where he's really silenced the critics. After being the victim of overt racial abuse in a match against Chelsea, Sterling addressed the issue on Instagram, before dramatically and eloquently dissecting the prevalent systemic racial bias in the British media which fuels such incidents. It was a stunning, undeniable rebuttal, which left many of his headline-spewing detractors exposed and ashamed. Number 2. Roberto Firmino You don't watch much German football, was Jurgen Klopp's riposte to an English media suddenly dumbfounded by the reversal of fortunes for Liverpool's midfielder Roberto Firmino. When the Brazilian had arrived on Merseyside from provincial Bundesliga side Hoffenheim in 2015, it came with little in the way of fanfare, despite the then relatively hefty price tag of £29 million. And in truth, it didn't do a great deal to warm up the trumpets. Uncomfortable in a role dissimilar to the one in which he'd previously prospered, Firmino looked on course to be yet another high-profile, high-valued Anfield flop. It took a man who did watch a lot of German football to get the best out of him. Klopp was named Liverpool boss in October that season, and repatriated in a more familiar false nine position, Firmino began to rediscover his mojo. Oh yeah, baby. Gradually, Firmino became a virtual ever-present as Liverpool went from strength to unimaginable strength, eventually engraving his name in the Merseyside Pantheon as one of the gods who broke the 30-year league duck. Number 1. David Beckham A petulant kick of an Argentinian shin, an arcing comet past despairing Greek eyes. These two events, which describe the trajectory of David Beckham's career from public enemy number one to hero and saviour to the masses, were just three years apart. World Cup 98 And the English media, ever benighted by their self-defeating bluster, reckoned that this really could be the one to end the hurt. Obviously, it wasn't. And no thanks to the Manchester United winger. An act of retaliation on Diego Simeone produced a red card for the youngster. Owen's wonder goal had been for naught, and the Parisian dream was up in smoke. Inevitably, Beckham bore the brunt of the post-exit post-mortem. The Daily Mirror printed a dartboard with his face as the bullseye, as an effigy of the villain was seen hoisted up in London. 
In the great English tradition, an idol had been erected, only to be felled. Beckham's public image did little to assuage enmity on the terraces. In particular, his high-profile wedding to Spice Girl Victoria Adams reinforced the belief that the celebrity circus was distracting from a promising career. Echoes of another United No. 7, George Best, reverberated. But there was always the sense Beckham was a complacent passenger in the fame game. Yet he never forgot why he was famous. Such was the diligence with which Beckham worked on his game, little by little restoring his shattered reputation that he earned the nickname Golden Balls. Apotheosis appropriately came at Old Trafford of all places. With England trailing Greece 2-1 and needing a last-minute equaliser to head to the World Cup, up stepped Mr. Beckham. Improbably but impeccably, redemption was complete with a 30-yard curve of the ball. Arise, Sir David, you deserve it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.